You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Again, this morning, man, we are just absolutely loving and believing. Thanks, Janine. Absolutely loving and believing what God is doing in our church and just believing that He's going to do something powerful in your life. Uh, I want to say a big hi to our online campus. It's so great to see you guys. We love you and uh, you're part of our family and we just um, believe in for God to do something in your life right where you are watching in your living room or in the car, wherever you are. Uh, we're believing that God is going to move um, significantly. Steve says hi. He is uh, preaching at a church in Palmerston North. He flew down early this morning and he flies back later this afternoon, but um, he wanted to say hi and let you know he's thinking of you and praying for you today as well. I've got a message uh, that I really believe. This morning I was just praying over this message and I just really believe that some of you are here today because you need to hear this word. And I've called it Don't Miss it. And uh, I, I can remember when my mum uh, got her first smartphone. And I remember she got the smartphone and I was over at mum and dad's house and she was showing me her smartphone. And I said to her, oh, do you know all of the things that it does? She says, oh, no, 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 I don't need it for all of that. I just need to be able to send a text message. I'm like, well, mum, yeah, that's, it sends a text message, but there's a whole lot of other stuff too that's really handy. Like you could, like it's got maps on it. You can like put in where you need to go and it can help you get there, which if you've heard any other stories about my mum, you'll know she's, you know, struggles to get places without getting lost. So uh, I was like, that could really help you. I'm like, you could check your emails from your phone. You could go on to your Facebook from your phone. You could do, you could video call your mum in England from your phone. She's like, no, 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 I don't need any of that. She was adamant. She didn't need any of that. She just needed to send a text message. There was power sitting right in her back pocket to bring so much ease to her life in a hundred different ways. And yet the only thing she was using it for was to send a text message. Do you know what I see around me a lot? I see a whole lot of Christians walking their Christian journey and they've got miracle working, way making, chain breaking, addiction freeing, resurrection power sitting in their back pocket. But so often, too often, all we're using it for is to pray for a car park <laughs> or for sunny weather for our barbecue we've got planned on the weekend, right? I see it way too often, but here is what I want you to know and remember from this message because God has got so much more for you than car parks and sunny days. Don't miss it. So what I want to say to you today, don't miss it. Let's pray and then we're going to get straight into it. God, we're so thankful that you're in the room today. We're so thankful that you're here and you are speaking and you are moving. And we ask, Lord, as we look to your word, would you continue to speak to us? God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move powerfully through this word this morning. God, would you shape us and change us, transform us once again in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to show you in Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 3, it says, after he suffered, speaking about Jesus, says, after he suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. 
The next passage is then titled, it's given this title, The Holy Spirit Promised. And in verse four, it says, while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. Wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Jump forward to Acts chapter two, where a group of disciples are in an upstairs room of a house. Following both the death and resurrection of Jesus, having been told, don't leave Jerusalem until you get the Father's promise, until you get this promised Holy Spirit. Now that word spirit in the Greek actually speaks of breath and wind. And so then in Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, that word wind is the word neo, which is translated as, the, as spirit, the same Holy Spirit as in Holy Spirit, uh, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the, with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other, lang, in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Check this part out because it's super cool. Uh, now, they're staying in Jerusalem were God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment Listen to this, because each one heard their own language being spoken. This is crazy. This is crazy. Utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them, hears, each of us hears them in our native tongue? It would be like everyone of you from all different nations coming to Auckland and hearing born and bred Aucklanders speaking in all your own native tongues. How Amazing is that, then how, how is it that each of you hears it in their, in their own language? Parthians, Medes, Alamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, I looked all these up, Phrygia and Pam, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya and Kurene, these, uh, I literally was listening to how you say them from the Greek language, uh, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts from Judaism, Christians and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them saying, they've drunk too much wine. You know, there are some things that I noticed as I was looking through at this passage of Scripture, and I wanted to share three of them with you today. You can get out your notes. Uh, they'll be in the app. The notes will be coming up on the chat on, for those of you who are online. The first thing I noticed is this. They waited for as long as it took. They waited for as long as it took. Do not leave Jerusalem, Jesus told them, until you receive the Father's promise. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. But wait for the Father's promise. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I will be present. Turn to the person on the other side and say, I'm not gonna miss it. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Do you know when I was 13 years old, I traveled by myself from New Zealand through Singapore to the United Kingdom. My parents had gone for a six week holiday, but because of school, I still had school, so they didn't want me to miss out that much school. So I stayed home for a number of weeks and then I flew to meet them for the remainder of our trip. We stayed with family friends. Now I was just 13 and you have to be um, 12 or under to be considered an an official unaccompanied minor. And if you were an official unaccompanied minor, you would be um, like escorted by a hostess or a host throughout your entire trip, but I was just too old to be an unaccompanied minor. And how many of you know at 13 years old, I was pretty stoked about that. I was like, yes, I am. I am. I'm a grown up. And so, and so I traveled the 10, 11, however many hours to Singapore. Then I had an eight hour layover in Singapore. I had a whole bunch of Singapore dollars in my back pocket and the entire Singapore airport at my disposal. I had the time of my life. Then I flew another 12 hours and I hit English soil at the Heathrow Airport in London. How many of you know the state my mother would have been in when I got uh, through those gates? Uh, They were waiting. But But you know what happens, don't you, when you come off an international flight? Can you remember? Just think back. Way back, way, way back, back in history to what it was like on an international flight. But you know what it's like, don't you, when multiple international flights that are full of passengers arrive at the same time? It can take a long time to get through customs and a long time to wait to get your baggage. And so, uh, man, I'm sure it felt like hours, especially for my parents. It would have felt like hours and hours and hours they were waiting at the arrival gates for their little girl to come through. My mum was so nervous, she kept going in and out of the bathroom. She was in and out of the toilet because she was just, she was in a, she was in a fluster, my mother. And so by the time the hour and a half, two hours rolled by and I stroll through the arrival gates feeling pretty proud of myself, I might add, uh, to, see, to, to uh, see my parents standing there, only mum wasn't there. She was in the loo. She missed the moment that she had been waiting for. She missed it. And I wonder, especially in this world that we live in right now, where we are constantly connected through our phones, I wonder how much of what God wants to do in your life do we miss because we are distracted, we are impatient, we are disinterested, And sometimes it's even because we're overconfident that we just get up and move on before we get what the Father promised us. There is something about staying and waiting on God to bring what we should be waiting for that just feels all too difficult in this day and age. There's something about those old school words to abide or to tarry. Tarry, by very definition, actually means to remain continuously without limit of time. To remain continuously, and I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like we've lost a sense of what those words actually mean. I think we've lost the art of abiding. I think we've lost the art of staying, of waiting, of tarrying in the presence of the Lord. But these disciples in the upper room, they waited for as long as it took. They didn't have a time frame on it. They didn't know how long it would take, and yet they waited for as long as it took. 
A few years ago, I ran the Kiri Kiri Half Marathon. And uh, it was a Saturday morning that the event was on, but I had also double booked myself and I was due to be at another event by like midday. But instead of cancelling one or the other, I just thought, no, I can do this. I can do both. So the plan was that we would get up. It was an early morning run. So I'd get up early in the morning and I would run the half. I'd finish. Well, I, I wouldn't stay around for everything. I'd get packed up and we'd get in the car and we'd drive for two hours south to get to the other event that we were due at. And so we did it. I got up that early that day and I ran the event and had a good run. And then I grabbed a bit of the food that was on offer. I grabbed my medal, thank you very much, took my photo. And then we were in the car, out the door, off to the next thing we had scheduled on our agenda. I rushed away moving to the next thing uh, on my calendar that day, the next thing on my to-do list. A few hours later, I received a text message from a friend who had also just happened to be running at the same event. She texts me, she said, Bex, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I've gone. She said, where are you? Your name was called out during the prize giving. You won a mountain bike. I was like, oh, I won a mountain bike. Steve, I want a mountain bike. Then I continued reading. She said, they called out another name and gave it to someone who was there instead. (sighs) I was like, man, I could have won a mountain bike if only I had stayed. If only I had waited. If only I had tarried a little bit longer. Do you know, if we are going to experience the fullness of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we have got to learn to wait a little longer. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of us miss the full deposit of what God, what the Holy Spirit could bring because we're too quick to move on to the next thing on our to-do list. We're too quick rushing from one thing to the next. We move so quickly through our day. Got to get on to the next thing and the next thing. I can't wait a little longer here. I've got there's something else coming around the corner. See, Jesus knew what it was to wait. The Bible calls it withdrawing. It says he withdrew often to the wilderness to pray. Why don't we begin to create a habit in our life where we withdraw from the rush? where we withdraw from the hurrying. We withdraw from the constant moving of one thing to the next and we create space. What might happen in your life if you created room for God to move? Create margin. Turn off your phone. Two words, flight mode. It's very handy when you wanna wait on the Lord. Wait a little longer. Linger a little more. In fact, perhaps over the next few weeks, as we dive into what it means to have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your life, maybe you could join me as we pray this prayer. I've written it down in your notes. The prayer goes like this. It says, Lord, teach me how to wait on you so that I don't miss the outpouring you have for me. Would you join me in praying that prayer over the next few weeks? Lord, would you teach me what it means to wait on you? So I don't miss the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that you have for me. I don't wanna miss it. I don't wanna miss it. They waited for as long as it took. Number two, 
Here's the second thing I noticed. They were filled completely. They were filled completely. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. That word filled means to cause to abound, liberal supply, full to the brim, to make complete or perfect. They were filled. Jesus says you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. That word baptized, to baptize means to dip repeatedly. It's like a full Duncan right down. Uh, to immerse, to submerge, or to overwhelm. That's the kind of Holy Spirit experience that God wants each and every one of us to have. I told you, I've told you a number of times before that my eldest son Judah plays football and he plays for the development squad. So it's kind of like quite serious for an 11 year old, you know? They uh, just played in the development squad for a number of years. He is quite, uh, he's, he's very athletic. He's just naturally sporty. He's fast, he's fit, and he's coordinated. He does not take after his mother. Uh, <laughs> And that seems to get him into all the top sports teams. But what we were finding in the first few years of him playing football is that he was actually, while he was fast and fit and coordinated, uh, so it kept him in the team, there was just something that wasn't clicking. He was really struggling through the season. He wasn't really uh, performing at, I think, what he would want to, and he was just finding it really difficult. He wasn't enjoying the game, but his natural ability just got him through. Then we went on a family trip over to the UK, which is my homeland, and uh, we very quickly became immersed in the British love affair of the game of football. And Queen's Park Rangers, QPR, which is my family team, we have supported them from generation to generation, and my sons were going to be no different. So as soon as we hit British soil, we made our way to White City, the home of Queen's Park Rangers, and we headed to the supporters store, and we bought all the paraphernalia, and we bought the t-shirts, and we bought the beanies, and we bought the scarves and the gloves because it was absolutely freezing. Um, we bought the jackets, we bought the flags, I even bought Christmas decorations. That's how much of a fan we were. And we went to all the games. Judah wanted to go to all the games and he quickly learned all the chants and all the songs and all of the things, all the insults you're supposed to shout out at the other teams. And he learned the intricacies of what it meant to become a true blue super hoops fan. See, while he was there, he loved every minute. And he left England with not just a love for the game, but with an allegiance to a team I don't think we'll ever leave him. In fact, for the last three Saturday nights, he has stayed at my dad's house because at 2.30 a.m. there is a QPR game on and they get up to watch the game. The interesting thing, though, is that when he hit the football season back here in New Zealand for the following season, something had changed about his game. It was like something suddenly clicked, something clicked, something shifted about the way he played. All of a sudden, he became a huge asset to his team. He had caught something 
He'd caught something during his time overseas that changed the way he played. But can I tell you the reason he caught it is because he was fully immersed in it. He was surrounded by it. He caught it because he just couldn't not catch it. He was repeatedly immersed in it and his full immersion resulted in a radical conversion. Did you know that the same is true when it comes to the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Without the full immersion of the Holy Spirit, we will lack the power that God actually has for you to walk in every single day of your life. It's playing the game, but not getting any gains. It's like playing the game, but something's just not clicking without the Holy Spirit at work. Without the Holy Spirit in your life, it's also like sitting on a rocking chair. We're making a lot of movements. We're doing a lot of work, but we're not getting very far. I mean, I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying my prayers and I even joined a small group last week. I'm doing a lot of movements. I'm doing a lot of work, but I'm still sat in the same place this week as I was last week. We might be reading, but not getting any revelation. We might be, uh, we might be praying, but not seeing, asking, but not receiving because we're not getting that liberal supply that full to the brim, filling power, that complete lacking nothing power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You might have an addiction that you just can't seem to get past. There might be negative mindsets or attitudes or thought patterns in here that you just cannot shift. There might be a sin that you've been dealing with that you cannot overcome. It just keeps overcoming you. Can I tell you that there is power in the Holy Spirit in your, there is power in a full immersion of the Holy Spirit and your way forward out of that rocking chair may just be an invitation daily of the full immersion of the Holy Spirit power in your life, a complete filling that lacks absolutely nothing. Can I encourage you over the next few weeks as we dive in, can I encourage you to go head first? Don't just toe dip. Don't just be like, I'm gonna test it with my toes. No, dive right in to what God has for you. Maybe you could pray this prayer with me. Lord, Fill me completely today that I may lack nothing of the power you have for me. Fill me completely today. Band, I'm gonna ask if you could come and join me now. They were filled completely. The third thing I noticed is that they were enabled to do what they thought they couldn't. They were enabled to do what they thought they couldn't. Acts 2.4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. As the Spirit enabled them. This is what blows my mind about what happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's look at Peter as an example. Peter. Oh, Peter. I love Peter. And I love him because he's so like us. He's kind of a, a dummy, Really? Which, I don't want to offend you, but it's so like us, you know? Like, Peter, so many times I'm just sitting there going, Peter, like, Pete, what are you thinking, man? And I just feel for him. My heart goes out to Peter on so many different occasions. I mean, in the garden, he's so zealous, he chops off a dude's ear. Like, I mean, I don't know how many of you have chopped off a guy's ear, but I haven't. And, I'm, and it's so out of line that Jesus literally in that very moment picks up the Pete, what are you doing, Pete? Just pops it back on. 
like just cleaning up his mess right there and then. I was like, oh, P, I know he's trying real hard. And then we know that, that Peter goes and denies Jesus three times over the course of Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion. And, and I would imagine would probably be one of Peter's most devastating seasons of his life. You can imagine being Peter in this moment. He's gone through all of that. He's made these mistakes. He's failed. And, and then his Savior dies and he's left in this moment. And he's, God, there would have been just such a deep sense of oh, so many things, failure and doubt and discouragement and disappointment. And then only roughly 50 days later, he's sitting in a room, in an upstairs room, and this mighty wind comes and fire falls. And then there's this moment of filling and an enabling. A moment which leads to Peter preaching the message of a lifetime, which sees 3,000 people come to know Jesus. What we now know is the beginning of the early church. In Acts 5, it describes revival breaking out in the streets. Like I'm talking people bringing their sick out on their people who cut out on their mats and in their cots and beds out onto the streets so that Peter, if only his shadow would go upon them, they would be healed. Peter, the same Peter, the same Peter. And I wonder what ear cutting, Jesus denying Peter would have thought if he could have only seen Holy Ghost preaching Peter now. I don't think he would have been able to believe it. I don't think he would have believed it because in his lowest moment of discouragement and disappointment, I have a feeling he would have been left wondering, God, will you ever use me again? Can you imagine? After denying Jesus three times, oh, if it was me, I would have been like, well, that's it. I don't think I'll ever be used again. That's it for me. He would have been doubting every plan that he thought God ever had for him. He would have second-guessed everything he thought he was made for. Can I tell you today that your biggest revival moment could be right on the heels of your greatest season of disappointment? How? Because it's the Holy Spirit who enables us to do what in our moment of discouragement we thought we couldn't. I don't think Peter knew what was in him until the Holy Spirit came upon him and enabled him to do what he thought he couldn't. What is God calling you to? What is God calling you to that seems impossible? What is God calling you to that you're doubting? What is God calling you to that you're just about ready to give up on? What if you begin to pray this prayer? Holy Spirit, enable me to do what I think I can't. Not for my glory, but for yours. Come on, should we pray together this morning? Should we pray those prayers together? Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for every person in this room. 
I thank you that you've called them by name and you've set them apart and you've destined them to walk this journey with you. And God, I thank you that you didn't leave us without a power and authority and an anointing to walk that journey in. And right now I pray for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit to fall on each and every one of us. Lord, we ask that you would teach us how to wait on you so that we don't miss the outpouring that you have for us. Teach us how to linger longer, to wait a little more. And Lord, would you fill us completely, completely, so that we don't lack anything of the power that you have for us to walk in every single day. And Lord, Holy Spirit, would you enable us to do what we think we can't for your glory in Jesus' name. I wanna pray one more prayer just very, very quickly. I wanna speak to a group of people. Maybe you've come to church today and it's not usually something you do on a Sunday morning, but here you are, you found yourself here. Perhaps you don't know Jesus. Maybe this God that I'm speaking about is completely foreign to you, but you know that there is something here and you know you need it. Well, I'm speaking to you today because God loves you. And he created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. But the truth is, is that we all walk away from him. At some point in our lives, we all fall short. We all make mistakes. We mess up. The Bible calls it sin. And that sin, it separates us from God. But God didn't want that. And so in his mercy and grace, he sent his son Jesus to come and live a sinless life on earth and die a sinner's death so that you and I could come back into reconciled relationship with him. And today I'm gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna invite every single one of you to pray this prayer with me in the room and online. I want you to pray it with me too. Are you ready? We're gonna pray it together. You can pray it in your heart. I'll pray it out loud. We say, dear Jesus, Thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. I choose today to give my life to you. Would you make me brand new? I turn from my old way of life and I turn to you now. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I would love to see who I prayed for today. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I don't wanna make you feel awkward or weird. I would just love to know who it is that I prayed for. All I'm gonna ask you to do is on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you to lift your hand nice and high so I can see it. If you're watching online, there's a button you can push. It says, I raise my hand. On the count of three, just lift your hand. I'll acknowledge it. You can put it straight back down. It's as simple as that. Are you ready? Be bold, be brave. One, two, Three, hands can go up. You're saying, Bex, would you count me in on that prayer? Yes, awesome, yes, thank you. Yeah, I see you over here to my left. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Yeah, right down the back, awesome. I see you down the back as well. Anybody else, you're saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer? I prayed it for the first time, maybe coming back to God again. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, awesome, awesome. God, we thank you. For those online who've raised their hand right now as well, I see you. God, we thank you for every single person who lifted their hand or prayed that prayer. God, I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you've got for their life. We celebrate right now the decision that they have made. God, would you protect them, anoint them, empower them in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church. Would you celebrate? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. 
Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.